What up, world? It's your past first point guard and Trailblazers reporter, Mike Richmond. You are listening to another episode of Locked on Blazers, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts. Thanks for making this podcast your first listen every day, available five days a week, free on all platforms, so make it a part of your daily routine and make it your first listen every day. Today's episode brought to you by Bet Online. More props, more lines, more odds than ever before. So check out betonline.net. We got a fun show for you today. This is Monday, May 2nd show. We made it to May. I don't know how we got here, but we are we are two weeks away from the uh, from the NBA draft lottery, sort of the next big event in the Blazers offseason. So as we uh, as we push forward towards that event, it's time to dive deep into the numbers because we're officially in the sort of um, the doldrums of the NBA offseason uh, before the true you know player movement happens while you're just kind of waiting for that second round of the playoffs to wrap up once we get to the conference finals then the sort of the rest of the teams kick into gear moving into offseason mode so as we kind of wait around the Blazers are sort of stuck in no man's land what better time than to dive deep into the stats if you're a long time listener of this program you know that I'm kind of a stats guy uh, I don't like I'm not I don't I'm not a big spreadsheet person or, a, or like a pencil pusher but I'm by big stats guy I mean that I think the numbers help us learn more about the game like I think um, I, I, I think that you can after you watch it with your eyeballs, checking back with what you saw and seeing if what you saw lines up with what the numbers say can help you learn more about stuff. So I want to lean into the numbers today. And this is actually an idea that was first pitched to me probably two years ago, maybe a little longer, maybe closing in on three years ago, early days of, of me hosting this podcast, when a listener, uh, Reverend Dr. Beals, the good Reverend Doctor, said, you know, how many elite skills did the Blazers have on the roster? And at the time, I kept, I was because I kept calling Ennis Cantor an elite offensive rebounder, which he was. He was truly an elite offensive rebounder. But but what the Reverend Doctor asked is like, how many other elite skills are on the roster? And so now, three years later, with the Blazers with a totally different and, and somewhat, at this point, depleted roster, let's look into what those elite skills are and what they tell us about this group and then heading forward what that means. Uh Ambry Simons is elite. Like you, you saw him as as looking like one of the best offensive players in the game. But what what does that look like? What are his actual skills that are elite? And first, let's look. Quick caveat: the number I chose as a cutoff was like ninety third percentile and above. We're looking for these numbers because seven percent of the league is about thirty dudes. It's like thirty one and a half if you include two, two way players. It's it's about it's it's. About one per team. Uh, the top seven percent in the league is about one guy per team. Like on average, obviously, some some teams stack more elite players. Hence, they're still playing in the playoffs and Blazers at home, and we are uh, scrounging the deep data fields for content. Uh, so I'm looking for skills where guys are in the 93rd percentile and above. And I use two sources. I use NBA.com's pretty rich tracking data put together by Second Spe- Second Spectrum. Uh, I don't love the tracking data, but I think it's an interesting thing to consider. Like I don't I don't think every play is tracked correctly. I don't think like, you know, every spot up is exactly a spot up because if you put the ball down, were you still a spot up shooter or is that a, now a spot up off the dribble if you took one sidestep? Like I don't know exactly how it gets tracked, but I think it gives us sort of a ballpark, pool pond to choose uh, to use a phrase that's that I've stolen from someone else. So what are what are the elite skills? You know Anthony Simons is elite, but what if I told you that he is in the 95th, 
almost 96, 95.5 percentile for spot up shooting, averaging 1.27 points per possession on spot ups. About 21 percent of his uh, his possessions used last year were spot up chances. Now this matters to me more looking forward than it does looking back. Second half of last season, you know, January and February before they shut Ant down, he was he had the ball in his hands, and we'll talk about that in a second. But he had the ball in his hands a bunch. You just have less spot up opportunities when you're the point guard because you're going to initiate a bunch of stuff and then the ball would have to come come back to you. Um, superstars score off the dribble and Ant, for, Ant is good at that, right? He's a good pull-up shooter. Not elite according to the numbers, but very good, like 80, 80, plus, 80 plus percentile. One of the very good players in the league at it for sure. But we're talking elite, elite, best of the best. He's an elite spot-up shooter, and I think that matters because playing next to Damian Lillard, being a spot-up shooter is so valuable. If you have Ant's combination of of you know off the bounce juice and some pull-up shooting and some and some gravity scary with the ball, and you're an elite spot-up shooter, that's going to matter. Last season, according to NBA.com, Ant was an elite spot-up shooter. Uh, he was also, and this is really interesting to me and really important for me going forward, an elite cutter, according to NBA.com. Average uh, 1.55 points per possession. That's good enough for a 93rd percentile, 93.2 percentile. Uh, only 1.2% of Ant's possessions were cuts. He basically doesn't cut. Um, it was one thing that I identified last year was like, even if his ball handling doesn't improve, he can become like better at getting to the rim just by becoming a better cutter. Cutting is a skill. Like it's, it's hard to learn. Um, particularly for a guy like Ant, who's, you know, always been like, for the most part, you know, been a guy with the ball in his hands, like in, in the early stages of his sort of developmental arc. Uh, and then was mostly just a spot up guy for, for the Stotts teams. Cause they, um, they stopped moving more than the early stats teams, which moved a boatload. But um, they were really stagnant, like not a lot of player movement. The uh, the late Terry Stotts uh, era teams, by any means, and and honestly, not too much more with the Chauncey teams. A little bit different um, because the way the offenses worked. But not, they weren't crazy cutters. If Ant is really this good at cutting, and obviously if he's you know 1.2% of his possessions, something he barely does in, in games, so this is a tiny little sample size, talking one year of data and a weird year, but Ant as a cutter, being a good cutter, a guy who can get into space quickly and find a spot, to me that matters. He was, by the numbers, the best scorer on best scoring cutter on the team last year. He can be a force. like He can be a lob guy. Um, Blazers aren't a really good lob team, but he, Ant can be a lob guy. He can be that. And then you get to the ball in his hands. Uh, according to NBA.com's data, neither Anthony Simons or, or Damon Lord are elite ball handlers. But um, the good folks at bballindex.com, uh, it's a scri- subscription-based uh, stats website. Really, uh, really interesting. I, I find it super fascinating. Uh, that's bball, bball-index.com if you want to check it out. They have a uh, pick-and-roll ball handler stat. And according to their pick-and-roll ball handler stat, uh, Damon Lord is in 93rd percentile and Amphrey Simons is the 99th percentile. These are skills that matter because this is what the offense is going to look like. Um, even if, if it's slightly less pick and rolls than sort of the Stotts era, uh, end of the Stotts era, because at the beginning of the Stotts era, again, they the offense looked a little differently, kind of developed into Damon Lowe's preferences, um, and then they couldn't get away from them. Uh, and um, if they're going to be a, high, a heavy pick and roll team, having two elite guards off the pick and roll stuff really 
really matters. And according to the B-Ball Index, Dame and Ant, both among the NBA's elites in terms of points per possession scored in pick and roll opportunities. Ant at 1.01 and Dame at 0.93. Uh, that's, you know, that, that's not these like hyper-efficient plays. Uh, NBA.com, NBA.com stats that track something similar do not give them that as, a, they're not that generous with the numbers and they're not that generous with the frequency. Again, I don't, I'm not exactly sure the difference in the way these two things are uh, calculated, but it's, it strikes me that if you have two elite pick and roll ball handlers and the guy who's going to play off the ball a little bit more is an elite cutter and an elite spot up shooter, the Blazers have a little something. The rest of it's going to matter. The defense is going to matter. The Blazers don't have many elite skills, none by my math, uh, elite skills on defense. They can, they need to get better there, but their if their baseline is two of the best pick and roll ball handlers in the league and a guy who grades out as one of the best spot up shooters in the NBA and a great cutter, who's also an elite ball handler, they've got something cooking. What do the Blazers have? Like two elite guards. That's what they had in the past. And it was a baseline for being decent. I think they have that again. Like day one, if, if I, Ant's going to resign, I expect that to happen. Um, I expect him to be, Damon, Damon's him to be the starting backcourt in day one uh, to begin next season. They've got two elite ball handlers, two elite pick and roll creators, and, and Ant who grades out as someone who could be pretty darn good off the ball. If the cutting uh, continues to grow and he still is one of the best spot-up shooters in the game, 96% on 95.5, if he's still one of the best spot-up shooters in the game, the Blazers already have a dangerous a dangerous two-headed attack if they start right there. But the thing is, they've got other players. So you might be asking, what about the other dudes? What about like Nurk and Nas? Let's talk about it because Nurk and Nas also have some true elite skills. That's what we'll talk about in the second segment. Is that is some some role players complementing the Blazers' two elite guards? Yusuf Nurkic and Nazir Little. What do they bring to the table that's truly elite? Before we do that, to tell you about Bet Online one more time, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. They got more lines, more props, more odds than ever before. NBA playoffs are rolling along. We're into the second round. There's games every day. It's my favorite time of year. We're on, there's eight teams left in the NBA. They're all very good, and we've still got basketball games every single night of the week. So you can go to Bet Online, get in all the get in on all of that action with, like I said, props and lines and odds on every single game. If you don't want to bet on the NBA, you can bet on whatever sport you want. You can even hang out and play your favorite. Vegas casino games right there on the website. So go take advantage today. That's bet online where the game starts. All right. So we talked about Dame and Ann. They're elite and you can see it. That stuff is obvious. You can see it. There's some other stuff, some other elite skills on, on the Blazers team. This is, we're not talking faults. We'll talk, I'm good at faults. We'll talk faults in a later episode. Now we're just talking about what they're great at. You know what Yusuf Nurkic is great at? He's a darn good role man. He's a darn good role man. I think I've said in the past uh, on this podcast, I know I've said in the past on this podcast, that I think most of the pick and roll magic is Damien Lillard and, 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 and Nurk gets to play with Dame, so he looks like a pick and roll Maestro, but it's undeniable that Ant and Nurk were a really good pick and roll duo, and that Nurk was set better. I think he set the best screens of his career this year. Got better at it. Was a little more patient in the second half of the season as a role man. Like, um, if you're if you're good at it, you can be you can be great at it with two guys who are really good. And if you have and and, and Nurk Nurk has has the art of it down. In fact, according to bballindex.com, uh, use of Nurkic ranks 95th percentile in their roll gravity metric. So that's how much when you roll, how much do you pull in, how much attention do you command? Use of Nurkic 95th percentile in roll gravity. To me that matters because the the Blazers are going to see 
stuff that we're familiar with. Um, like, the, Dame's going to come off a high pick and roll. They're going to send two to the ball. They want to get a ball out of his hands because anybody else. And then Nurk gets it in the middle as a guy who can be scary and spray out. And if you have that elite spot-up shooter of Anthony Simons on the opposite wing or a budding cutter, Anthony Simons cutting into the paint, Nurk's decision-making matters. And if he has real gravity on the roll, meaning that he pulls the attention of defenders, that only helps. Nurk, 95th percentile, B-ball indexes, uh, roll, roll gravity metric. He also ranks... In uh, the 93rd percentile in pick-and-roll roll man points per possession, the 93rd percentile, uh, 1.17, 1.17 points per possession. So that's like a 117 offensive rating. If you, that's, that's how points per possession work. Is, uh, offensive rating is normalized to 100 possessions. But like Nurk's really, really been really good at it. Uh, I will say this, to be clear, uh, the NBA.com stats do not are not nearly as friendly to grading Nurk as a roller. Not nearly as friendly. Uh, I'm not familiar enough with to uh, to know how it works, and I think this is like kind of the value of advanced stats. Is like you don't just pick the one that looks good. For our purposes, I kind of am picking the one that looks good, but I want to be clear. Uh, like, not every metric says that Nurk is this elite of the elite. They they merely say he's pretty good as a role man. Like he's he's decent as a role man. Uh, the numbers say he's bad as a post-up guy. So, like, as a pick-and-roll guy, he's that's where you want him to make the decision. But B-Ball Index um, has a bunch of these tracking stats and has a bunch of these sort of player archetypes. And, and Nurk ranks extremely high in both roll gravity and points per possession as a roll man. And if you're good as points per possession as a roll man, it just figures you're also going to have elite roll gravity because you're scary as a pick-and-roll partner. I think you're starting to see the bones of what the Blazers look like. Two elite pick-and-roll ball handlers. A very good Elite, I'll use the word, elite. Um, roll man in the middle. You're running pick and rolls with Nurk, either da- either Ant or Dame. You've got something. Like you've got, that is going to be a dangerous, it's, it's going to be a high frequency play and it's going to be a high efficiency play. The Blazers have an elite pick and roll attack. Right, like right now, no matter what they do this summer, if all, if all three of those gentlemen are back, they've got an elite pick and roll attack. That's, just start there and then figure out the rest. Uh, you know who else is elite and going to play a bunch this year is Nazir Little. And where Nazir Little ranks as an elite player is is as a off-screen scorer. Uh, he is a really good offensive rebounder. And if you tweak the metrics enough for like guys under six foot five, the blah, 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 blah. Nas does grade out as an elite offensive rebounder. I want to be clear about that. For for someone his size, he's about as good as they come. But in terms of like grading Nas versus everyone who grabs offensive rebounds in the league, he's not an elite offensive rebounder. He's an elite offensive rebounder for someone who's, who's listed at six foot five. And he's really, really good at it. But for my purposes, I wasn't trying to adjust the sliders around because you can always kind of adjust the sliders. I'm just looking relative to the rest of the league. What are you elite at? And what what Nas is elite at is scoring off screens. And to me, this is really, really interesting. 1.53 points per possession, 98.6 percentile off screens. That's, uh, he, he runs, or fin- he uses, uh, his plays end as off screen plays 3.8% of the time. Frequency is about 3.8%. So this isn't like every time he runs off a screen is every time he runs off a screen and like gets a shot off or, uh, or creates turnover. It's like his, his usage level. Um, it's not every screen he's ever used that at that level, but every screen where Nas gets the ball basically, um, when he's coming off a screen. And, and to me, this is interesting because I think you can see this with your eyeballs. When Nazir Little has his feet set, he is a really good shooter. And when Nazir Little gets a downhill, like a straight line drive to the rim, he is an elite athlete. 
Those are two things you can get done off screens. You come off a screen, you get a little bit of space, get your feet set to shoot it, you're ready to go. Nas isn't running like a bunch of baseline screens like Ray Allen or Clay Thompson, but like he's someone that if he gets, he's he's athletic and he's he can get loose and he's, um, particularly when he's playing like power forward, he's, he's running away from guys that he's just straight faster than. And if he comes off a screen and gets his feet set, he has shown that he can be a really good shooter. If he has to dribble, like if he puts the ball on the floor, he's way worse. Like this checks out with your eyeballs. You've watched this exact experience with Nas in the past. And if he comes off a screen and has a lane to the rim, whoo, you better look out because he is going to put you on a poster. This checks out with me. And this makes, this is role. This is a role player skill. Like he's, he's, you know, 98.6 percentile, obviously like really low frequency. So if he did this more often, he probably wouldn't be scoring one and a half points per possession. That's a wild number. Uh, and a wild number obviously boosted up by the low, the, the sort of just infrequency in which he did it. Um, the small sample in general, but this is role player stuff. Like this is what you want. If you're going to play within this offense, like as we start to build this whole thing, what does the offense look like? A bunch of pick and rolls with Ant, a bunch of pick and rolls with Dame, Nurk as your roller, and then the other guys. Like Nas obviously has to improve as a spot up shooter. He has improved. He, he needs to get a little bit better as a cutter, and he needs to tighten up his handle so he can make some decisions when the ball comes to him late. But the Blazers peak. Damon Ant are like the best version of themselves. Damon Ant are on the floor. Nurk is on the floor, and they're running what they do best, which are pick and rolls with the two guards and having Ant spot up and being elite and being elite at that. And then you've got this other elite skill on the backside: is that if Nas comes off a screen, he's really darn good at at finding those spots. I think we've seen it, and the numbers suggest the same thing. The numbers are probably more generous than our eyeballs are, but that's just sometimes how it works. Those are elite skills. And that's an elite skill that is going to be valuable as a role player. So Nas is elite coming off screens. All right. I got a couple surprising ones to end the show. What if I told you Trenton Watford was elite on offense? Well, some of you might be a little disappointed that he didn't get more of it. And some of you would say, you're lying. But I'll give you the numbers in the uh, in the third segment to close out the show. Before we do that, I want to tell you about Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar that there is. Uh, my personal favorite protein bar that I've ever tried. I've been eating Built Bars. Like, they're a normal part of my week. Uh, I've been eating Built Bars for over two years. Uh, my personal favorite is peanut butter brownie. That is that is what I'm rolling with. But if that's if that's not what you're into, you're going to find something you like. Because i got a whole bunch of flavors plus limited time options. So you can go to Built.com and check out what they got for a short time and what they always have you'll find something you like you can order more from there but the real trick of built bars is that they pack a bunch 17 grams of protein 130 to 180 calories just four grams of net carbs on average and four grams of sugar on average all tasty all healthy go get yourself some go to built.com use a promo code locked 15 you get 15 percent off your next order that's promo code locked 15 for 15 percent off at built.com Still a pass first point guard. Still Mike Richmond. You are still listening to Locked on Blazers. We're still talking about elite skills. Elite skills. As we think about the sort of the Blazers roster moving forward, we've got a sense of what they do best. So then it matters what the role players do best. But you know what? Here's a funny one for you. Josh Hart wasn't used as a role player when he played for the Blazers because by the time he was healthy, the team had he was their their number two guy. Like he he was their number two offensive option. And he was awesome. <laughs> Josh Hart only played 13 games in Portland. He was great in those 13 games. Like his the the, the numbers are are just they're above and beyond what he could be, which you either read as or above and beyond what he's been, which you either read as damn Josh Hart's gonna be good, or you read as like, well, Josh, like Josh Hart had a wild <laughs> 
month with the Blazers before he didn't he stopped playing. Uh, and he'll probably come back to earth at some time. He's probably somewhere in the middle. Like he'd probably just like an expanded role. Josh Hart could do more. He was already having his best season of his career in New Orleans. It continued in Portland. Like that might just be um, Josh Hart might just be sort of growing into more than what he was. But I think like the role for Hart was specifically not informative because he's not going to be the number two guy. He's going to be like the fourth guy on offense and he's going to be like a role player. But when he was the guy, he was straight up elite at it in ISO scoring. So like, give me the ball on the left wing and let me go to work style of Josh Hart. 1.2 points per possession, 96.5th percentile. Only used, you know, 6% of his possession, 6.5% of his possession, 6.4 if you want to get into the nitty gritty in my notes. But, you know, 6.5% of his possessions. He didn't use a bunch, but he was great at it. Like he was great at it. Uh, B-Ball Index also has an, in, has an isolation scoring and Josh Hart grades out in the 100th percentile. Uh, in their isolation scoring, he was just a monster. And B-ball indexing, I'm just looking for for um, for the for the numbers I shared with you. That that 1.2 is just those 13 games with the Blazers. But B-ball index is talking about uh, in New Orleans, in Portland, all all year long for Josh Hart, top hundredth percentile as an ISO score. He just he was just really good at it. Um, that it's not ideal. I think because like the ideal skill to, to sort of like match next to Damian Lord would be like elite shooting and some, and like pretty darn good passing and a, and a great, you know, great defense. I, Josh, Josh Hart grades out. It doesn't grade out as an elite defender. He doesn't grade out as um, an elite passer, although he took r- real strides there. He doesn't grade out as great as an elite spot up shooter. Although he shot the, <laughs> he shot the, the, the dang cover off the ball in Portland. Like he was great at it. Uh, but the ISO scoring matters because when stuff breaks down, the Blazers are going to need individual offense from someone that isn't named Dame. Uh, Anthony Simons grades out really poorly as an ISO scorer. I think that I would be curious to see if that trend continues. Um, does Ant need a screen to get loose? I think is like kind of the measure there. Josh Hart from the metrics does not need a screen to get loose. Like he's great downhill, right? Like you see his strength. If he gets if he gets his shoulders past you, he's really good. He's really good in transition. Uh, He's, but he grayed out as an elite ISO scorer, and I think that can matter going forward because play breaks down, ball swings to Josh Hart, late clock, you know, six seconds left. Okay, we need a bucket, darn it. And Josh has got it. Okay, well, he's an elite ISO scorer. He can really do this. Um, we'll see if that trend continues, but I think there is some actual value in Josh. Josh looking like an elite scorer is uh, elite ISO score can only be read as a positive and 96 almost 97th 96 and a half percentile that's elite you know who else is elite as an ISO score is Trendon Watford and this is the number that kind of prompted this whole episode I was I've had this idea, this show idea in my notes for a long time. Uh, the Reverend Dr. Beals is a, is a wonderful longtime listener and, 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 you know, someone who's helped me build the show by saying, I, hey, talk about this. It's, uh, LockedOnBlazersPod at gmail.com is the best place to send that feedback. I will learn from it. I promise I will. I've, I've been doing it long enough that I trust you, dear listener. So, like... I, I'm like, hey, let's let's find some interesting elite skills. And this one just jumps off the page. Trendon Watford, 93.7th percentile, 94th percentile as an isolation score, 1.13 points per possession, 4.2% of his plays, 4.2% frequency. Uh, that's courtesy of NBA.com. He does not grade out nearly as well on B-ball index. So I'd be, um, he's like a middle, you know, above average ISO score merely. But according to NBA.com, elite. And that's what we're looking for. Top 7% of the league, elite. Not just good, not in the top 20%, top 25%, elite. And then Trenton Watford, according to NBA.com, 
ISOscore.com is an elite ISO score. And before you say, okay, this doesn't make any sense and turn off the pod, first of all, you've already made it 23 or so minutes in, into the pod. Stick with me. It's a ton of fun. But this, to me, this is kind of what we saw from Trendon. Um, not that I would expect him to be elite. That jumps off the page. But yes, he was a pretty, like his best offense was probably in this situation because the two ways he would score best is if he was playing small ball five and he got a big traditional center on him and he could just quick, he uses quicks to get past him. Uh, he's not an explosive athlete, but he's got a quick first step and he's good um, in floater range. So if he gets a little bit of space, he scores in that floater range. That's that's an, those weird in-between shots are like where ISO scores are going to thrive. They're going to have to make difficult shots and, and, and Trendon's, Trendon's float game is, it really is what his best offensive skill is by significant margin. But he was also good at bullying little guys. Like if he got someone he was stronger than, and he is pretty strong, like he could get stronger for sure. And I think he will have to, if he's going to play a bunch of small ball five in the future. And I do think he will, but like if he got a smaller guy on him, he could, you know, kind of use his shoulders, use his, use his width to be a, be a bit of a bully. Like I think when I think about Trendon and I like, you know, I'm, I'm trying to use both. Like I watch the games very closely and also I'm someone who believes in the numbers and that's like, does this make sense? Does this, because if it doesn't make sense in either direction, then you kind of got to either go back to the tape or, or dig in deeper to other numbers to kind of fi- figure out where it is, right? Like you want, you want these things to make sense intuitively. And then if they don't make sense intuitively, you want to figure out why. I think this makes sense intuitively. I think when we've seen Trendon be at his best as a scorer, it's because he's faster than the big guys and stronger than the little guys. When he meets someone rough, his size and a little bit stronger. He's had trouble scoring. He's not a he's not a great shooter. He doesn't um, he doesn't have a ton of rim pressure and get all the way to the rim. But he's good at getting funky little shots off. He's good at saying, "Oh, I got a little bit of space, a little bit of crack. I got a crack, and I in the defense, and I scored." And he did it with by puni- punishing mis- mismatches on either side of the spectrum, either too too slow or or not strong enough. And he's he's there. Do I think Trent Watford is going to grade out as if he plays like real minutes? Which who knows if he will next year? I think no. Like I think he won't be a big minutes guy, but he can be like, not a big minutes guy, but like Trenton Watford could be a backup power forward in the league next year. I, 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 I'm not, um, that seems reasonable to me. Could he be a backup power forward in like a, one of the teams that's still playing in the playoffs now? Probably not, but he could grow into that. Um, so like depending on what sort of what level of the Blazers team roster they end up with, like he, he might be a regular player from night one. I don't anticipate that, but he certainly could be. And part of the reason he will be is because of this offensive bag, because of this offensive creativity. He's got some elite skills. I don't think that grows with him. I'm, I'll track this all year as his ISO scoring. I think this is fascinating to kind of see that the numbers suggest that he's really good. At least some of the numbers suggest that he's really good there. Elite there, if we're using the E word. Um, I think with more frequency and more attention and a different roster, it's not going to be like that. But I think you, you know, I think your eyeballs suggest that yes, Trenton Wofford does have a little bit of juice to get his own shot in certain situations. That's true. That's, that, that's just real. So those are your elite skills. Anton Dame, Naza Nurk, Josh and Trendon. Those are your elite skills. Be wary of these numbers because they don't mean everything. But I think it's an interesting look at like, what are the Blazers truly great at? Um, and, and I think um, so much of this is like, Dame would be up there higher on some of this stuff, but he just didn't, he wasn't himself last year. Um, I went back and looked at his previous season and he wasn't, um, he didn't blow the numbers away. Like he wasn't, um, he wasn't elite, elite, elite at anything that he wasn't just like sort of good at this year. Um, there wasn't, uh, 
it was mostly like, oh yeah, he's like 75th percentile last year. He would have been 90th, but we're talking elite, to elite, that, that top 7% of the world. You, you think Dame's going to take steps forward? You think the rest of these guys can build on these skills that they already have or kind of grow them in different ways? Those are the Blazers' elite skills. Not many of them coming on the other side of the ball. Right now, they need some, you know they need some upgrades. We'll talk about the um, some of their shortcomings in a future episode. But today, we're just talking elite stats, and that's what you need to know. Uh, tomorrow's episode, we got some fake trades. I'm I'm doing it. I'm braving, I'm braving the trade machine waters, and I'm going to give you three fake trade proposals to improve improve the Blazers team. So come back tomorrow. Here's some fake trades. Hear me. The uh, I'm not I am not Picasso on the trade machine. Um, but I'm finger painting out there and I'm gonna I'm gonna bring you the best that I got. So come back for that one. Come back for more episodes later this week. Uh, trying to nail down a uh, try to nail down a late week interview. So make sure you're checking back for that. Five days a week available wherever you get podcasts also on YouTube. Tell your friends to check it out. Appreciate you listening. Talk to you soon. <laughs>